This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. You're listening to the To Hull and Back podcast and this is a quick word from Rich Anderson of our podcast sponsors, The FIFA Factory. Do you play FIFA? Do you want to escape the toxicity of champs? We play online friendlies, squad type 90 overall, anyone from Cheltenham to Chelsea, across both consoles, Xbox and PS4, 8 active leagues of 10, 5 on the Xbox, 3 on the PlayStation, 18 league games and a minimum of 1 cup competition a season, 3 teams go up and 3 teams go down from each division, games played over the space of 4 weeks and all games arranged through Messenger. Guys, um, welcome back to the very special episode of To Home Back. We are champions. We won the league. We did it, and Absolute we made it look quite easy. Scenes. We did um, very, very entertaining game. I think I'm quite glad that we saw us win the league. It's very, it's something I probably didn't think I'd see us doing quite a while. But then again, we've done quite a few things in the last few years that I didn't think we would do. I.e., FA Cup finals yeah, and Premier League and stuff. So. It's fucking typical we do it the season. We can't actually be there in person, though. And, uh, yeah, we didn't see it. And what I've got in season as well, because like all the away games, you all me- always mention they're doing a class season to attend. But we did it nonetheless. Uh, we've seen it from home, I suppose. We'll be back attending games next season, I believe. In what capacity, I'm not sure. But, yeah, we've got... So we're going to we're going to cover the, the actual game itself, Wigan, and then we'll look forward to... Um, the Charlton game on Sunday. We'll we'll answer a couple of questions we got on Twitter, kind of. Uh, I'll, I'll explain about that one later. Before we start, obviously, the, we got a big shout out to FIFA Factory, our podcast sponsors, the online nineties uh, overall FIFA season run by Facebook with Matt Phillip and Rich Anderson, and then also Fan Hub, which I think will be a lot better next season. I'm looking forward to being able to check into actual games and get a bit more score that way because I think it's 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 only just started. It's Inclined to being an, an absolutely amazing app, and more and more people are getting on it. And, and, and it now that we can actually attend, quite it. good. Yeah. yeah. So actually getting to the games gets it to the point of the app where it wants to be, I believe. So yeah, I'm really looking forward to that one. But before we start, how are you, Will? Are you all right? I am feeling pretty good. Don't know why. It's <laughs> nothing in particular, but yeah. I mean, um, I've been super busy, too busy, I would say. We've had a <laughs> few staff members leave at work, so we've got. A lot of extra hours that people need to fill in, so I've been a bit manic and obviously expecting a, a baba in uh, mid-July. It's getting getting to crunch time for me, so um, 
you might have to you you might have to um, lead some episodes for me when new baby comes. Will it'll have to be just be you and you and Joel, hopefully, or somebody else and get somebody else on. We'll see. We'll talk about it closer to the time. I've only just realised <laughs> that now. Drop that bombshell live on you. But yeah, so we'll talk about the Wigan game first off. Then I'll let you give your overall thoughts on the game first. Will if you want. Okay, and um, I thought it was a it was a great game to watch. I think if you were a neutral, it would have been a very good game to watch, similar to the Crew game not too long ago. City, obviously, it was again a relatively slow start overall, but quickly grew into it. Scored and then instantly decided to forget how to defend. <laughs> um, but got back into it almost straight away through some pretty dirty stuff from Wilkes. And then in the second half, kind of com- it was kind of comfortable really, but it was still a bit end to end. But City always looked in control when it got to the end of it. And I think it was it was good that it was a bit of a double whammy of a celebration. I, I liked the fact that Wigan stayed up. I wanted them to stay up, and I'm glad that they did stay up. So it was a nice double whammy of obviously us winning the league and them staying up. Yeah, it was a lot of good feeling at the end of the game, wasn't there? Both sides were celebrating. They both had reason to celebrate. And I think when you look at Wigan's season as a whole, it's easy to forget, obviously, because we've had such a good year and we're obviously going to focus on our own team. But Wigan were administration. They, they sacked loads of staff or made them redundant, um, whatever way you want to put it. Pretty much an entire different team to the one that beat us 8-0. Yeah, yeah, they had, they had a fire sale in summer to pay the bills and... They've got the they, they'll probably be fearful that they were going to have a club at some point. If you know, double relegation has a massive impact on a lot of clubs, especially if you if you're in administration. No, they've managed to turn it around. They've got their new buyers, which I'm a bit jealous of. <laughs> <laughs> they got the new buyers and they managed to turn around and stay up. So with with a game to spare as well. Obviously they lost to us, but other results meant that that, that didn't matter. From our perspective, yeah, like you say, it was a it was a very entertaining game. They had every reason to just grab absolutely at us at the beginning, and I knew they were going to. They looked very dangerous in the first 15 minutes, especially. I think getting us getting the goal was probably against the run of play. I would say we'd started it's to grow into it, but they yeah. were definitely offering a bit more threat. Yeah, managed to get ourselves one in front, and then usually this season that means we're going to go on to win that. <laughs> and then I went into the uh, kitchen to go get a beer to pretty much celebrate the fact that we were more than likely going to go on and win that and I came back and it was 1-1. And I was like, what the hell? <laughs> my, my, my dad left the room at 0-0 and he came back at 2-1. So he had fun. Oh, yeah, yeah cause it, was, yeah, it was three goals in five minutes, was it? Five minutes, yeah. Five or ten minutes. Yeah, it was a bit mad. To concede straight after kick, uh, kicking off is a bit disappointing. I mean, I didn't really want to say any negative or good points on this one, but I think the fact that... Um, Smallwood was pushed straight into the starting eleven. Was a bit harsh on Slater. Yeah, I thought it was harsh. I mean, I understand him wanting to bring Smallwood back, obviously being the captain and everything. But I think it was a bit harsh. Yeah, to Slater like that because Slater hasn't done anything wrong to get dropped. No, I mean, I think it obviously comes down to the fact that that Smallwood's club captain and Slater's a lone player, so yeah, priorities would always go to Rich. Slater came it, so. on. Slater came on relatively early into the second half anyway for Smallwood as well. Yeah, and he did. Yeah, I think Smallwood struggled to be fair. It's I mean, I don't want to be too. Yeah, I don't want to be too critical to him because he's, he's, he, we didn't think we'd see him again this season. So the fact that he's on the pitch and playing is a good thing. He just, you could tell that he'd not played in a while. He was a bit behind the game. He I didn't think. have a bad game, but yeah, you could tell no. he was off the pace. Yeah, his like his lack of pace, I think, was. I mean, he got outpaced by Will Keane on that side for the assist for the goal arguments that, that might not happen if Slater's on the pitch, etc. But it doesn't matter, does it? Like we say, he's, he's been out for a while and it's nice to see him back on the pitch and it's going to take him a while to get up to speed again. Unfortunately, he's only got one more game to try and do that. But <laughs> um, At least we've seen him play again and he can celebrate as a contributing factor to the, to the title in that game. But yeah, the, the second goal, brilliant. I really Well, it was, it was weird because it was another one of them where Wilkes gets into a really good position I thought he'd wasted it. It looked like he'd done too much. Yeah, I just thought, right, Kino's at the far post there. Square it. Square it. All right, he's coming inside. Shoot then. Shoot. Oh, he's done too much. And then there was too many Wigan players in front of him. But then he he had these his little no look back heel. And to be fair to Wilkes, recently he's really upped his game on the passing front. Yeah. Considering I mean, what it was like it recently. But he's like, he's he had like about two or three assists until about four games ago and I think he's like tripled that since then yeah I mean I think if you go back to our pods you know January February time the only thing we were ever saying about Wilkes in a critical fashion was that 
his end product, sometimes his decision making is a bit poor. Yeah, but I think in the last few weeks, especially where his performances haven't been as high as they were when he had his little goal scoring run, he has started to improve definitely on his assists trail. Like he's coming out of games and he's probably paid, played at what 65 70% of what we used to see him play. He's still coming out of games with, with goals and assists, which I think tells you everything about the player he is. If he was playing 100% all the time, it'd be a 30 plus goal a season striker. But yeah, his, his, his little back heel was class. And I was happy that Honeyman got to score because I don't think mm. he's probably got as many goals as he would have wanted to have contributed this season. Yeah. I know he's obviously been more than more than effective in the assist run, but it was nice to see him get a goal. And then Big Josh rounds it up, doing what he always does best, lingering about in that six-yard box, being physical, winning the header and put in. And it was, a, it was a really well... Do you know what? We all, we all hate the short corner. As soon as we played that short corner, I did the old... Oh, God's sake. It was a nice routine. It was. Play. It was a nice routine. It was played short to Slater, who whipped it into Wilkes, who headed it back into the six-yard for, for McGuinness to nod in. I thought it was a it was a really well-worked move. I think all three goals were really nice, to be fair. Even Wiggins, to an extent, was a good ball across the box. I mean, it was poor defending, but yeah, it was a good game. We won't do, we won't do bad points. I'm not going to do bad points. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. I'm not allowing it on the champion winning episode. I, I will, I will point out one, it. and it's not actually a bad point about City. I thought the ref had okay. a shocker because I thought Wigan should have had a couple of penalties. But that's a good point for us, Will. It's a good point for us, but I say it's a bad point in the grand scheme. <laughs> yeah, well, come on. I mean, all season we've had we absolutely have. shocking refs, and we've had some some staggeringly poor decisions going I mean, we were due a game where we actually had the ref on our side for once. Yeah. Yes, he was we, very poor. But at the same, I do think some of those were horrendous decisions. I mean, the the worst penalty decisions I saw from the day, but... The I Jacob mean, the Greaves one, the one, one that, as soon the as he that, went down, I said penalty. The one that Peter Brigott in the last minute against Lincoln might have been one of the worst penalty calls I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, that was terrible, wasn't it? I mean, I, I imagine, you know what I mean? Like, decisions that can cost... Um, yeah, that, that got Lincoln. That's got Lincoln done and uh, Peter promoted, hasn't it? Yeah, it, it ended Lincoln's automatic promotion run, and it mm-hmm. ended Peter promotion. And when you look at it, the more you watch that foul, the worse it gets because he literally just—I think Smurdix literally just has the ball at his feet in the box, and he just literally the defender isn't even anywhere near the ball. He turns into doesn't it. attempt to win the ball or tackle him. He just backs into him and falls over. The defender does absolutely nothing and then gets penalised for a penalty. I think it's a bit mad, but, you know, sometimes... To be, to be fair, I think Peterborough deserved to go up anyway, but that decision itself is just... Yeah, I mean, when Lincoln went 3-0 up, I thought that was it. It was game done and dusted. I can't yeah. believe it came back from that. Fair play to him. I mean, if you come back from 3-0 down at half-time, then you probably deserve promotion, but... Yeah, but the, the the two decisions for us, I think they were both penalties. I think the Jacob Greaves one especially was a penalty. I think they could be very... Very annoyed at that one, but we got away with it. I think that would have made it 2 2, wouldn't it, as well, going into half time? Yeah, it was right on half time, so it would have been 2 all if it scored it. Got a totally different game, so you know, it made things interesting, definitely. But yeah, the other reasons feel aggrieved, but we both got the result well, the outcome that we wanted at the end of the game. Yeah, so it, it, it ended up not being a horrendous decision in the grand scheme, yeah, which funny enough means it wasn't spoke about. Um, I know it's none of their or players really sort of tugged on that fact which shows you it's just sometimes it's about the stakes at, at costing it you know mm. but yeah no it was, a, it was a good game so I'm not allowing negative points so we'll have give me your three good points Will what are they um, so for the I think it's now the third podcast in a row my first one's going to be Josh McGuinness man Absolutely. is ace man is superb and man is player of the month and that proves how good he's been yeah I mean what is it? What is it then that's sort of what's he doing different this season to what he did last? Obviously scoring goals, but I don't actually think he's doing much different, to be fair. I think he's just maybe getting into better positions. Because I think he was he was he's been as his work rate's been always been top not top notch, even when he wasn't playing well. His work rate's always great. He's always a commanding presence. It's just I think before his finishing just maybe wasn't there, but he seems to have this season just seems to have got gone up, but I mean, it might be because yeah. maybe maybe it's lower position, but at the same time, he's still putting away chances he might not have done last season. 
Yeah. I think he I think personally he looks more settled, which mm, is under more understandable, you know. Last year was a his lot first of them season. Do. But I think he's got this air of responsibility about him this season where he's single handedly taken on the role of sort of guiding the younger players in the squad. Mm. So, you know, he's got Lewis Potter and Wilkes on either side of him, who are both very young players. He's got a relatively young midfield if you take Smallwood out of it. Um, yeah. When I think he sees the... himself as that senior player, doesn't he? And he wants to make sure that, you know, that the lads around him have got their heads screwed on and they're doing their job. You often see when one of the three scars up front, they're all getting a huddle. Have you noticed that? Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. It's usually McGinnis who instigates it. Yeah, there's a, there's a massive sense of camaraderie. I think that's the massive point of this season, to be fair. Is it, a team I spirit. think if you listen to a few of the player interviews, the team are together. The team are, you know, even even the ones coming off the bench, they're, they're all celebrate together. Where I can't remember whose interview it was. I think Wilkes mentioned it after the um, Lincoln game, where the changing room were that you know they're, they're all together there rather than in separate groups. So it yeah. sounds like last season there was set like you know there was little um, clicks. Yeah, which you know, in in a team, is never a good thing because you need to be all on the same wavelength. You know, well, yeah, not that, that was that was a thing that was always brought up about England for years, especially under Fenrir and Eriksson, where the teams, the players would stay in their teams. Clicks like you get yeah. all the Chelsea players staying together, you'd get all the Liverpool. They won't actually mix, and that's why a lot of players didn't mesh really well for England, even though they had the ability. And it might yeah. be, it's probably a similar case with City, where a lot of them just because they didn't really talk and get on with each other as much, they didn't really mesh very well together on the pitch either. And it sounds like when you, I think when you've got a team as well that has a load of players involved who are from the city and support the club, I think that helps massively as well because it gives you an idea firsthand of someone who actually supports the club and what it means. Yeah, definitely. So with the team being together like that, I think McGinnis is the one who's you know, single-handedly trying to tape them all together because he's the one back in the orders. Like, you could you could give him the armband. You could totally understand it kind yeah, of thing. Absolutely. He berates players for stupid decisions. He praises he's them for doing He's a leader up front, definitely. Well. Yeah, you can hear him shouting through I follow. I can hear him <laughs> shouting on the pitch a couple of times. Especially, I mean, he, he normally sends some expletives Wilkes' direction. <laughs> I think he's a very frustrating player to play alongside. But, you know, he's making them better. I, 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 if you look at both King Lewis Potter and Malik Wilkes this season, they've both improved. McGuinness himself has improved as the season's gone on. We've just, yeah. as a team, Greg Doherty's got better as the season's gone on. Honeyman, I think, is the only one probably who started the season brilliantly and kept it throughout. Jacob Greaves, arguably, Elder has a, you know, a few defensive shakeups. Going forward, he's absolutely brilliant. Well, yeah, he's um, got put in the team of the year, didn't he? So he's, he's, he's clearly up there. Oh, right, tip right. So we'll take a break from the three positives. Right? <laughs> Actually, yeah, the team of the this. year. How can, the can we do it? Right, I, know, I know we said no negativity, but can we just talk about that team of the year for a minute? How on how on air? Right, okay, so I get that team of the year is picked on individual performances. I get that. But surely logic dictates if you are the team winning the title, you've had the majority of the players not even that. performing better. Not, not even that. The team in second had less as well. How, yeah, how does Sunderland... Right, so the main point is, how have Sunderland got four players in it, is, is the and question I'm asking. All and we've only got combined have got five. Yeah, so, which is ridiculous. I mean, look, I think the only Sunderland player that's got into that team that's justifiable Wyke. is Wyke. McGeady's is a very good player, but he's only played for half a year. I don't get how Berge has got in in goal um, over Maxwell at Blackpool. Yeah. How is I how don't is get um, Liam getting in there at all? Because Sunderland fans think he's crap. Yeah. Who else? I mean, from City's team, who Wilkes, I think, maybe could have got in there. Wilkes could have um, got in there, but when they play 4 4 2 as a team of the season, it's always awkward. Yeah. I mean, um, you could probably have a shout for Greaves being in there. But other than that, I mean, well, yeah, if I'm, we're not go that, two in. I'm not massively bothered that there's only two City players in there. I'm more bothered that there's four from a team that finished third. No, no, yeah, yeah, that's my point. Is is I can't understand why it's it's a Sunderland dominated team of the year when when the when the fourth when they bottled from you know they were they were they were pole position for winning the league and they've absolutely and I know it's towards the end of the season it's only a few games but right moving on anyway positive positive <laughs> um, so your first good was Josh McGuinness rightfully so uh, what's your second 
Um, a second is his compatriot in the awards, and that is Grant McCann. But I keep thinking right yeah, no, I go on. Believe Explain, I cannot believe the turnaround I have had on this man because I could not stand him. <laughs> I will openly admit that I couldn't stand him, and I was wrong, at least for now, anyway. The man has, particularly since February, and I think he's put this out, he said it himself, since the Ipswich game, it's all changed. Something happened at Ipswich game, did something to the team. It was that monumentally shit. It did something to the team. And they just, I thought, I thought until for most of the season, City had been playing in maybe second gear. There was clearly a team that could play better, but very rarely did. But since that Ipswich game, they've upped that gear to where they can play. And I think Grant's, I think we all criticised his like some of his man management, like saying stuff in the in the media. But again, that's all stuff that's disappeared since the Ipswich game. And I think he, well, he said himself that he's been. Not only did he quit social media, he's doing therapy as well, um, which I think is always it. As someone who does that myself, I think that's a fun. It's it's a massive, massively positive thing to do, and it really helps you. So I can completely understand like his mentality completely switching by seeming to switch, and I think it's it's impacted the team so much. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think. Um, I mean, I I I, I put out a bit on the blog about. How he's won me back over, essentially. Um, I think he's won quite a lot of the fan base back. Obviously, there's going to be a few um, <laughs> questions asked in the championship season. But... side was still getting people after the Wigan game saying McCann out. It's like, yeah, but has... if you ever use Radio Humberside's, um contributors as a as a basis to pen the, True, the fan I've base, seen them on I've seen them on social media as well. Yeah, no, well, it's going to happen in the end. A lot of people you know, will, will never forgive last season, which, you know, in a, in a way, you can kind of understand. But he has oh, gone I, gone I don't forgive him for last season, but I've moved on. The slate's clean. Yeah. He's right, it is wrong. And we, we seem to now be playing with an idea. You can see our identity and the way that we want to play. Um, which was one of the biggest issues before was he had his plan A and it, it kind of was disorganised in a way and, it, and and there wasn't a, a second option, there wasn't a more structured, you know, logical way to play. But like you said, yeah, the, the, there was a penny drop moment against Ipswich, I think, and the team, just every single player just seems to understand what they're supposed to do in that role. Everyone just does the same thing, completely dependable every single game, defensively solid, going forward, threatening, we're creating chances for fun. You look at this team now and you you think, how the hell did we go through so many games in a row without having a shot on target? Like, we are such a lethal team. We scored so many goals and we could have had so many more. It's such yeah, a it, mad it, season. It always felt like such a whiny thing to say. We should have scored more when we're like one of the top scorers in the division. But City legitimately, the chances they've had this season could have had maybe 10 or 15 goals more than they did. 100%. And it's one of these things like some of the clear chances, I mean, a lot of the sna- chances were snatched at. And I think no, that's most of those 10 or 15. Most of those 10 or 15 could have been Jacob Greaves on his own. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Greaves could have had a lot more. Reese Beck scored five goals this season. You know, Doherty and Honeyman have chipped in with goals. Gavin White's joined and scored goals. Adelican chipped in with a few before he Ooh. went back. So, you know, we could have had more if he'd have stayed, if it's, for example. It's, it's a very lethal team. Well, Doherty didn't score until he, the Oxford draw, which was quite yeah, a bit December, into the season it? as well. Late December, yeah. And then he just went on a little goal-scoring run. But his his influence, other than goals, has been absolutely amazing. I, I, I actually voted for him player of the season. Who did you vote for, Will? I had to give it to Sir George, but yeah. it could have been one of many. Cause yeah, I think... Because Honeyman, Honeyman will win that vote. Yeah, he will. 100%. He will win that vote, but such a good selection to choose from it's it's not often you'll have so many different choices you can pick yeah it's been the hardest team of the year usually it's an absolute banker you know who's going to win it I mean, if, you if you take Honeyman out of it that isn't in I, I don't know who would win it honestly don't yeah I think Greaves will win young player I don't know Greaves because Will is a young player doesn't he that's the thing that we've also got a young squad. So a lot of them are up for those yeah. sort of things as well. Yeah, it'd be a bit mad. Uh, who did you vote for goal of the season? Oh, 
I actually can't remember now. Um, it was one of the Greg Doherty ones. Oh, was it? Was it Lincoln? I think it was Lincoln's Greg. He's Maradona impression at Lincoln. Yeah, I went for Coyle against Fleetwood. I think it was his the long range bastard. That was it. That girl against Fleetwood. Yeah, it I think felt, just for that, it, that one feels it, obvious as well. I think that one's going to win that. Yeah, it, I mean, it, I, I voted for it on the pure basis of the fact that it was one a long range screamer, which is always Last lovely minute, to see. Two nil down, but yeah, the circumstances of said goal as well. You know, Coyle wasn't a regular starter at that point. No, he wasn't. Uh, that, that against the his former Score that against your former club in the 90th minute to get us through in the cup. I just thought, you know, everything sort of points towards that being an absolutely amazing goal. But yeah, I think since um, that game, that game, Coyle has started every single game since that night. Yeah, I do think I was talking to my uncle about this before. I do think that McCann was looking for an opportunity to get Coyle in whatever stage he could. He just couldn't justify taking Emmanuel out. Then we had that oh, little yeah, dip was, in weird late December, he, January. And, We've mentioned it before. He was definitely brought in as the first choice left back when he initially came in. Yeah, but you know, you you can't you can't really argue for either of them. I think they've both been brilliant. Yeah, you couldn't. It was a shame, like you know, that is it a shame? I mean, Emmanuel can probably feel a little bit, you know, a bit irked that he didn't get to play the rest of the year. But when then when you look at Coyle's performances, he's got to sit on the bench and think from fair play to you, mate. You know yeah, what I for mean? Me, for, me, for me personally, Coyle has been better than Emmanuel, but Emmanuel wasn't doing anything wrong at all. He was great yeah. until that point. Well, I always thought that Emmanuel was better going forward um, and Coyle was better defensively. But then when you look at the last few games, Coyle going forward... Coyle going forward is great. Going forward has been very good. I think it's the side of his game he's probably worked a bit more on since joining us. And also, uh, not, nothing against Smallwood as well. Coyle should be captain. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean... He's been captain while Smallwood's been out with the side. I think he should be captain anyway. And it's not been against Smallwood. I think having him being the being fought from being Hull as well, and he's a bit of a leader on the pitch, I think. Yeah. Having so many leaders in the team is, is a good thing, though, to be fair. I don't think it really That's matters true. who wears the armband at this stage. I mean, you've got Honeyman, who I think could quite easily be captain. Coyle, um, Smallwood, uh, McGuinness probably could do it. Possibly even Doherty. I mean, he's quite vocal on the pitch, you can see, and a driving force and want to, you know, model your game around. So, you know, having a team full of leaders is only a good thing, I suppose. Third good point, then, Will. Have you got a third? You've got to have a third. <laughs> I mentioned it before, but bounce back ability. City, earlier in the season, would have, if they scored and instantly conceded, they wouldn't have scored again. Mm. They're probably the, but because of the way they've been playing recently, you can sell them the confidence that they have that even when they concede, it means pretty much nothing. And they'll just keep playing, they'll keep plugging away. And it, again, they responded so well. Yeah, I'll tell you that. I mean, we, we have looked, um, I think I mentioned it, I can't remember if it was on this pod or one of the others I've featured them. But uh, if we tend to go 1 0 down or we get pegged back and make it 1 1, you're sat there watching it now as a City fan and you're not worried. And it's such a no, weird feeling. I'm not like, as worried as I was. No. Yeah, we, we drew what we, we conceded straight away against Wigan. And as annoying as it was, I was sat there and I said, I don't matter. It was I was thinking we'll go on and win this anyway. It's fine. Yeah. Like this team just seemed to have a sort of air about their game at the moment where they just don't think they can be beaten. So even if a team goes 1 0 up or pegs them back, they're like, all right, fair play. Sort mm. yourselves out, lads. And they'll go up the other end and score. Yeah, it's a it's it's nice to see because if you know it's a complete parallel to last season where we'd go one 0 down in the first five minutes of quite a few games and then that was it, game over. <laughs> it was gone. It um, was, yeah. Which was a very because I think it was like three or four games in a row when it was conceded in the third minute or something. It was just like oh, we'd concede but, very quickly in a lot of games. Yeah, I mean, and it would always be from or... like a, it'd always be from like a corner. Yeah, it was terrible. But, you know, yeah, this season, polar opposite. We've got such a bounce-back ability about us, especially towards the latter end of this 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 season, that can only be looked upon with praise, really. I mean, it's, um, you know, it shows the character in the team and the willingness to win, I suppose. My three, Kane Lewis Potter. And that's not just for the Wigan game. It's for his, um, you know, he's a young lad. He had quite a rocky mid-season with his old contract dispute. Quite easily could have, you know, derailed his entire season. It looked to have mm. shaked him off a little bit. You know, he, he went for a period where he didn't score. Uh, maybe looked a bit confident, shook. Um, but it's quite 
quite a turnaround to see him playing now with so much. I mean, he just looks on fire, doesn't he? He gets the ball and his first thought straight away is run at that defence. Yeah. He's quite comfortable going either way. He goes around the defender, he'll cut inside. In his game, he just he's such an exciting player. And the fact that he's he's so young and local and hopefully his heart stays with us and you know, he, he fends off some some other club interest. He's just gone on leaps and bounds, I think. And he's definitely worked on his finishing, um, his desire to win that header, I think. You know, he's only a little lad. <laughs> his um, yeah. commitment to winning that header for the first goal against um, Wigan was was commendable. And he, he is another one who's playing with a smile on his face, which I think is the most important part of this squad, is they're all enjoying it. They all want to play for the, the, the club, which is the only thing you can ask for as a fan, is that they go out there and give the best. But yeah, his, his ability as a young lad, to, you know, have quite an ex- have traumatic season, I suppose. I mean, if you've got to think he was involved last season, so he, he witnessed everything that happened last year. He was part of it. He didn't play as much as what he probably should have done. He could have took that on the chin. Started this season well, had a little rocky midpoint, struggled to find his feet, but got back up there. Um, so, yeah, King Lewis Potter is one of mine. The second is Matt Ingram. And it's, again, I'm just going mm. off a season yeah. now, really, rather than just a Wigan game. And it's because he's kind of gone... Under the radar, I know we've all, I can imagine you can quite easily find a person where praising Ingram, but not as much as, you know, the rest, uh, which is just modern day football now. And it, your goal scorers tend to get the plaudits more than those that do the dirty work. But Ingram, I think, has been such a calming influence in goal compared to Long, who got to a point where he was, he was quite erratic. And I don't think he filled his back four with much confidence whatsoever. No, I don't think he did. Um, Ingram's just got to a point where I think the back four totally trust him. He's not had much to do in the last few weeks, but when he's had to do it, he's made some really good saves that have kept us in the games. You know, the, you think back to the one at Crew, massive save, which we went on to win. He, I just think he's probably going to get quite underlooked in contributions for this season. I think if he'd have played in the games that Long did, he'd probably have been a Golden Glove winner because um, obviously Long played a few games and got a few clean sheets, mm-hmm. didn't he? So you can only imagine that Ingram would have also done the same. And yeah, I think he's, he's, he's surprised me because I didn't know much of Ingram when we signed him. I can't, I'm not going to lie. He was obviously signed as a number two. Long was always going to be the number one. And then this season, you know, if a number two goalkeeper gets a chance at the first team, they have to take it. They have to. And he has. So yeah, praise to him. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping he's number one next year. Um, I think he will be. Yeah, I think he will be. I think Long... I think it'd probably be best for him to, you know, try and find a new leaf somewhere else. I'd imagine because I don't think it. I think it's similar to Eves. You know, he's not really had a chance to. He's, I don't think he'll recover from last season long for us. I think he needs to rebuild his confidence somewhere. And we've got a few good young keepers. I like to see Cartwright involved on the bench. I think. But yeah, Ingram's been very good. Um, and my third, I said it last week. I'll say it again. You've said it, Grant McCann. Uh, he's won me over. I like the way he's conducting himself in the press. I like the way he's conducting himself as a manager at the moment. I think he's a totally different guy to what he was at the start of 2021. I think, you know, he's 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 taught himself to block out the negativity. He's taught himself to focus on what he needs to do. He's obviously connected with the players. They all want to play for him. The, the coaching staff seem all together. They all understand what they need to do. They've drilled it into this team, all the roles, the system, what they want to do. I've noticed as well, that we've always said our, our, our strength is playing on the floor, playing some nice, quick one-two touch football game up the pitch, attacking. And we went through a stage, didn't we, where we just kept hitting it long and it just yeah. kept coming straight back at us. And it was never um, working at the time. No, uh-huh. it, it didn't work for us. And I think it's one of them slight little changes, you know, where he's, he's got us back on the uh, back playing on the deck. The only long balls we attempt now are like the long diags that, that Greaves or Coyle will do to one of the advancing wingers in behind rather yeah. than us hitting into the middle of the pitch to a deep-lying Josh McGuinness, which doesn't really advance us up the pitch that much, you know. We're always better getting it driven through the middle with the likes of Doherty or Honeyman playing them in, interchanging passes with the full-backs who are bombing down the line. It is We're a very entertaining team to watch and I think it's because we're finally starting to play the way McCann envisaged us to play. And I, I'm looking forward to seeing if we can do the same next season. So, yeah, kudos to McCann for coming through what was a horrible, horrible last season. Um, well, yeah, he's, he's essentially gone through... He's gone from orchestrating one of the worst seasons in City ever to one of the best. Yeah. And it, I mean... He, I, he he's a fantastic turnaround. Yeah, I've gone from 
hating the guy, I think that's probably hatred carried over from last season, to and now I listen to him in his interviews. And he just even speaks different. He speaks like he's had sort of an epiphany. He's had an enlightenment. Um, it's like he's gone to chilling in a cabin somewhere and meditated for a week and come back as a monk or something. He's mad. That's what I was referring to. Like, like, I think getting rid of social media and he, he brought up going, starting to go to therapy and he brought it up himself. I think those have massively, they've done something there that have really helped his sort of mental state that have just benefited the team massively as a result. Yeah, definitely. So I think he's quite rightly manager of the season. Yes. Um, I think he deserved it. Well, I think he was deserved Obviously, deserve manager of the month as well. I mean, month. who else would you have picked maybe for manager of the season? I mean, um, Ferguson could off. The, the one I was thinking was Hasselbank at Burton. Yeah, but he was only here for like half the season. So it's, yeah, but I don't like the, the, the point, season, considering yeah. how dead and buried they were when he joined them, it was quite, yeah, he, he was quite a good turnaround. But I mean, Grant won the league with a team that a lot of people didn't think would be near the top of the table. Yeah. So, Critchley at Blackpool. I think I saw something that from the last 36 games of the season, they've only lost six. Well, the thing with uh, this is the problem. You shouldn't really award manager of the season before the season's over. Yeah. Because... Yeah, it should be. It should all be done and dusted. Who knows what's going to happen? Who knows what's going to happen in the playoffs? If Blackpool, if Blackpool win the playoffs, then he can feel quite aggrieved to have not won manager of the season, I'd, I'd imagine. Yeah, only team, on, on the team of the season should... The team of the season shouldn't happen until after the playoffs and all that because the only way that you can justify some of that team in the season is if Sunderland go up. Yeah, which I don't think they will, personally. I don't think they will. They're, Lee Johnson, the summer has happened there. But it's happened to him before. I think Lincoln, Blackpool final and Blackpool to go up. I think it depends who the final playoff spot goes to in the end. But yeah, I think Blackpool's stats were quite impressive because they had a really bad start. I think they only got nine points from the first 10 games and then obviously only lost six in the next 30, which is a bit mad. But we've gone on a big unbeaten run, to be fair. We can break our record points total, can't we, if we win? Is it 90? I believe so, yeah. We're probably on 89. 90 was the previous one, yeah. So hopefully, you know, we can... I mean, it'll feel quite harsh, sort of pissing on Adkins' playoff bonfire. But, you know, we've had a few ex-players and managers do the bits over us before, so it'd be nice to return the favour. Yeah, they mean... No, he's a nice guy. I don't like I like Adkins. This final game literally has nothing on it for City. I know there's that record of points, but in reality, there's nothing really on it because they're up, they're champions. Honeyman won't be playing because he's out injured. So yeah. I think it's going to be... Who would you replace for Honeyman then? I'd bring Crowley in. Put Crowley straight in. Yeah, but I'd also bring Slayer back in for Smallwood. But at the same time, because it's the final game and we're already done, you, Grant might rest a few, just as a sort of, like, event, you rest. Yeah, I expect Beck to go in, maybe Emmanuel. I would love to see Max Clyde play, but I don't think he will. No, maybe White, maybe Eves. I mean, I wouldn't be bothered what team we played, like we say. I mean, I'd like to see us finish the season on a on a big unbeaten run and you know, get another record smashed. Oh, yeah. A, a record. I'd, I'd, I'd like us to not finish. I'd like us to not finish with a loss, but I won't be. I think because it's a game that doesn't have as much riding on it, it won't be the end of the world. No, I mean, it, from the sounds of it, you know, the Charlton players are up for it. I was reading Stockley's interview oh, earlier, and saying that. Yeah, it, Stockley was saying, you know, they're going to go at us straight from the off because if they can get an early goal, and then you know the other teams that you know Oxford and Portsmouth, whoever's around them. Portsmouth, yeah, here that, you know, Charlton has scored early. It sort of puts them in panic mode. So I expect them to come breezing out the blocks at us. I think when we started, at the time we started this podcast, I think we brought up who we think we're going to go up. And I did say Charlton at the time. And obviously they dropped off like a stone since I said that. But they've started coming back since Adkins came in. I saw a league table posted on um, Twitter earlier. I think it was from 27 games played. It makes you realise what kind of position we've just come from because we were, I think we were second, three points behind Lincoln, who were top with the game in hand. Doncaster were third, only three points behind us with three games in hand. Essentially, what has happened is Doncaster and Sunderland have swapped places because in the new year, Sunderland were, were nowhere. They were like 10th and yeah, just, they swapped places with Doncaster. Well, they appointed Streaky Lee. Good old Lee Johnson who goes on win streaks but then goes on lose streaks. So, what do they expect? 
I mean, <laughs> Bristol well, City uh, fans all say the same thing. Doncaster's also they got they lost Darren Moore, and in doing so, they they, they just fell apart. Yeah, I think we all knew that that would happen. Um, well, Darren Moore's going to be well. Darren Moore, you're going to imagine, will be back in this league next season. Um, no, a quick word on that. I mean, how strange. Is, I mean, so Darren Moore probably nailed on going to finish in the playoffs with Doncaster if he'd have stayed. They could have still been automatics. They could have been up yeah, there. They were, yeah, automatics. they were well in with the chance of automatics while he was still there. But he does it just say about his ambition or the club size that he's gone to Sheffield Wednesday? Because it's it's like he's almost sacrificed possible promotion with Doncaster for certain relegation with Chef Wednesday. And I mean, I'd, I'd personally probably rather have promotion on my CV than, than, than yeah. relegation with a bigger club. Well, well I understand the it club size because Sheffield Wednesday are a bigger club than Doncaster Rovers, but Doncaster Rovers, I think, are in a better position than Sheffield Wednesday. Or the way when oh, yeah, left. I mean, there's all sorts of rumours going on about their managers and um, new manager coming in next season. Probably um, someone was mentioning around Frank Lampard style. So that just says to me, inexperienced and probably not good enough for League One. But it's not a Doncaster pod, so we'll leave that one there. Yeah. Um... Now, uh, welcome back. So we've reviewed the Wigan game. We've had some positives to talk about. The only thing left is the last game of the season away at Charlton Sunday. Forty-six games have already gone. Yes, I know. Yeah, it's been it's been quite mad. I think it's because we had a, a stage of the season where it was Saturday, Tuesday every week, wasn't it? Yeah. So it, it sort of had a lot of games in quicker succession in it. Well, in a short time frame, and it sort of just zoomed by. But yeah, last game, last game in League One. Because obviously we're going back up. Hopefully um, for a while. Do we get a guard of honour? I asked this question, but nobody we replied. Do. On Twitter. We do. We do. Or well, supposed to anywhere. I mean, I can't imagine Charlton not doing that. I don't think we've got any historical spite like Rangers and Celtic do about not giving them each other. Oh, no, I think Adkins will, will give, would be fine with it anyway. I mean, it's not the end of the world if we don't get one, to be honest. I know I'd like, but you want to see a guard of honour and you want it to be when there's fans there. It'd be nice to see us get a guard of honour. To be fair, I've never seen and I've never ever seen Hull City get a guard of honour. I think I'm thinking about all the promotions we've had. It's either been where we was in a really good position to go up as champions, and then we finished the season poorly and, and go up in second. We did it twice under Taylor, Brownie. Even the 07-8 season, we were at a point where the automatics, maybe not champions, but the automatics were a good shot. We were still in shout. Yeah, we, we we finished quite poorly, and then. The first one under Bruce Cardiff were always winning that league. Um, if if Matty Fry was fit that season, we'd have won that league. I've always said that. We'd, well, maybe not. Maybe, maybe wouldn't have definitely won the league, but we wouldn't have been... The last day wouldn't have been what it was. Put it that way. No, I, I, I 100% think we were winning the league that year with Fry. The only thing we missed that year was a goal scorer. I think our top scorer was Corrin, won it, on like 12. Nine. Nine. The single figures, top scorer. Us and Cardiff, who both went up automatically, didn't have a scorer over in double figures. Cardiff signed Fraser Campbell in January, didn't they? And I think he scored quite a few. They managed to get double, but he sort of fired them up. But we both went up with quite in the seventies. One at the points total, one at like a it record really low points that season. So yeah, I, I honestly, if you think Fryett got us what 15, 16 goals the season before in a worse team, so if you add that plus plus another. Maybe five for for a slightly better standard of squad. You know, twenty goals. I think that that gets you the title that season. Possibly, yeah. it's impossible to say. Yeah, we still went up. That's the important thing. And the second one under oh, yeah. Bruce. The second one under Bruce <laughs> when we went through the playoffs was one where we were top and we fucked it. That team should have won the league. It was pretty much still the Premier League team. It should have won that yeah. league. It should have won the league. But that's going down a negative route. We don't want to do that. So Charlton will. It Charlton. doesn't matter now. They went up anyway. <laughs> what are we expecting from Charlton? Tough game. They're still fighting for the playoffs. They'll want to get into the playoffs. They have to win. And I think 
it's possible that if we have our foot off the gas, they could very well win. I mean, I've obviously, as mentioned before, the points total, the record points total is there to be got. I'd like City to aim at it. And obviously being away from home, our away form just seems to be, no matter who we play, great, apart from Fleetwood. It's going to be a tough game because we've done our part. We might kind of step off the gas. Now we've now we've confirmed our position and they've got yeah, a lot more yeah. to play for than we do. But at the same time, now we're, champ- now we're champions, it might let the team play with a bit more freedom and we might see yeah. some good stuff. I don't, I don't think any player would probably admit it, but when you've done your job, you probably subconsciously do put in less effort than you would do. Um, I imagine a couple of them... Unintentionally, maybe. I was about to say, are any of them... Do any of them play for national teams that would be at the Euros? But I don't think they do, because you could have that scenario, but no. I don't think they do. No. I mean, I think... I mean, Dorsey I mean, should the, be in the Scotland squad. Oh, 100%. I think he will be. If he has a good season next year, I think he will be. You can't ignore a top-quality Scottish player in the Championship, can you? They'd maybe argue the fact that he's in League One. I know it's only Scotland, but I think the biggest question is going to be the starting eleven. I'm yeah, thinking about what I'm going to put on my final prediction, and I'm 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 stuck. Honeyman's not playing. Grant's already said that. He said that today that he's got an injury. Yeah, he's just been drinking for two weeks. But um, well, he apparently he's had an ankle injury for a while, and I yeah, imagine the alcohol. The alcohol's maybe dumbed it a bit. Um, <laughs> but now well, he's drunk. He's drunk too much, so it's starting to come back again. <laughs> but I, I'm fine with that because he, I think he's been so he maybe deserves he deserves a rest anyway. Yeah. And if he's got an ankle injury and if you don't want him, you obviously don't want him to aggravate it. You don't want him to be get an injury and then shit. We're out him for the start of the season. Yeah, we need him for the start. We need to start well next year. I, I could see a few changes just because it's the final game and we're already champions. Um, yeah, I think he'll bring in God Long. I think he'll stay with Ingram. I think he'll bring in Crowley for Runnyman. I think he might he might make a couple of other changes. Like he might bring in Bert. Um, Emmanuel. He could bring in Emmanuel. I mean, as I said before, I'd love to see Max Clark, but that's not going to happen. Just so, White, just, so, just so there's another whole city whole city born player. Yeah. Um, in the side. I, I think he'll stay with McGuinness. Um I think what, I think gonna, I think McGuinness would personally If he's gonna change an attacker, I think he'll change White, he'll bring White in. Yeah. I think the biggest shit house move McCann could make to this last game of the season is to drop Wilkes and play McGuinness so McGuinness can aim at finishing his top scorer well, with a hat trick. Actually, that brings that. Actually, no, I actually want that to happen because I, I think I said on here, I said that I thought McGuinness would overtake him and he's only one behind now. Is he only one behind? I thought he was three. I think it was one behind in the league, but th- three in overall. In the league, yeah. I was on about league goals. Yeah, yeah. So is he on Wilkes on 19, McGuinness on 18? Yeah. It would be absolute scenes if, if McGuinness managed to... Uh, imagine if McGuinness scores and then Wilkes is sat on the bench and he's just like nudging McCann. He's like, come on, Gaffer, put me back on. <laughs> It'd be quite funny to see. But yeah, I'm, I'm expecting Charlton to start, as, like I said, Stockley's interview. Sounds like they're all ready to just go all gun blazing out to try and get an early goal and put the other teams around them on edge. Fucking hell, Leicester. It's hard to predict how we do because... Of we don't know the team that we're going to play. I'd like to say that it'll still be strong enough to win. I want us to win. I want us to finish unbeaten. I want us to go into next season thinking, you know, we knew we were far too good for that level and that unbeaten run shows it. Club record points total to equal, well, to sort of flip the coin from our club record fallout last season, that that second half of the season, I think was the ch- championship's lowest points all over that that time period on it. I think it was only six points from 60 or something. It was definitely the worst. So, I can't imagine there's been a worse run. No. At so least I, in recent it's, history it's, anywhere. Sort of eclipse that by doing a record at the other end, I think, would be poetic and very, very nice to see. But like we said, it's not it's not too outbreaking if we lose. Um, we've done what we came to do. We've won the title. It makes no difference to us. But, you know, Charlton's still got something to play for. And I think we'll make it difficult for him, definitely. I don't think he'd want to be playing us um, if you were a Charlton fan. You don't want to be having to beat Hull City, you know, on the last game of the season to try and get you a playoff spot. I also don't think that um, a couple of the players that... I actually don't think he'll play Smallwood, to be fair. I was going to say he might, you know, the players who are coming back from injury try not to um, 
aggravate them a bit more so they can sort of enjoy the preseason without a leg brace on or something. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's such a tough game to call. I mean, I'm going to say, and I'm going to put my head on the line, I'm going to say we draw. I'm going to say we draw. I'll, I'll take a draw. 1-1, one, one, and I think we'll go 1-0 down and bring it back in the second half. Josh McGinnis' goal equals Wilkes. They finish on the same. What's your score prediction? Um, even though I've said a lot about Charlton, being, I'm going to do what I always do because I'm a boring bastard and I don't give a shit. 2-1 hole. like it. Break the record for it. That would be a very nice way to finish the season, definitely. We've all enjoyed the last couple of weeks. It's, it's been nice to actually get a feel-good about the club again. I'm excited to see what happens next season. I think a question I've been asked a few times, actually, and what I wanted to ask you, what what do you think we'll do in the summer, transfer-wise? Can you see us? I have not got a clue. <laughs> no. Um, I never I know we'll to bring, answer it. I mean, I, I, I said... The, the only one I can think of is, I think he needs to bring in at least another striker off the top of my head. I, I think there's definitely spots across the field that we could definitely use more people with. But I can't think of specifically what. Yeah, I mean, you think you want to sign players really that improve your starting eleven. That that should always be the ethos of a transfer, unless you're obviously low in a position and you need backup. But there's not often that players happy to sign and be backup. I think I'd like to see a sign White permanently because I think he's good enough to challenge either of the wingers for a starting spot. So he keeps them on the heels and keeps them performing. Dan Crowley, I'm indifferent to. Um, if we sign him, fair play. If we don't, fair enough. Yeah, I don't think he really fits our system, but I he do think that he could learn to. He doesn't have quite the energy and the dynamism that George Honeyman has, but there's definitely a player there, and he's a different kind of attacker to Honeyman. He like is. he's a bit more of an unlock the defense kind of player than a. He's more of an um, force the issue. Yeah, Jordy Device, I'd let him go. Yep, I think go. he's just done an interview on uh, for QPR saying that he's finally enjoying his football, which I think is quite a dig at us. So. Screw him, let him have fun at the drama queens. Would you take Adele come back? I think if you sign White, you don't need him, do you? Yeah, but at the same time, I'd, I'd probably take him back if he's available. Send Scott on loan, maybe. Yeah. We'd lose Samuelson, I think. I think he'll go. Yeah, I think he'll go back to Norway. I'd like to see us send Chadwick back out on loan somewhere. Because um, yeah, I think he's, he's got a potential. Yeah. yeah, he clearly likes it there and they like him, so... The rumours of Huddleston and Davis, then. Would you take them both? Just one? Neither? I don't know about Huddleston, but I would 100% take Davis. And yeah. I would get him I mean, I, like, I, I would get him as a player coach. Yeah. I mean, I, I just think that Huddleston's influence and in t- teaching some of the midfielders, like his ball control and his, his range of yeah. passing, would be, my, my thing would be with, very good. But, you know, it's my, the my wages at the end Huddleston. of the day. The my, yeah, that's my thing with the Huddleston thing. Is like, I think Davis would take a lower wage. I don't know if Huddleston would. Yeah, I mean, I think that's probably reflecting the fact that Huddleston's been a free agent for a full season. That is true, but I would um, bring them. I would bring them in with the idea of they're not going to play often, if at all. They're coming in yeah, to sort of coaches. Yeah, they're, they're there as coaches essentially for the most part. I mean, I, I, I won't be bothered either way, like I said. But if um, Darby, if Darby end up getting rid of a load of people, I'd get Rosinia back. I know that they've not done well, <laughs> but I'd get him back because I think he'd be better off here. Um, Alex Mower, um, on another note, is a player that I've wanted us to sign for a very long time, and he's getting released by Barnsley in summer. Well, they definitely they go up. There could be a few players could look at there. Uh, so the, the free agent list is quite interesting. But yeah, but going back to my original question, it was more or less: uh, Do you think the Alams will want to spend money? Will they spend money, or will we be able to hold on to any players, i.e., KLP, George Honeyman? Will they want to spend money? No. Will they spend money? Yes, some. And will we keep hold of players? I think we will. I think we will. Yeah, I got asked it on um, a couple of other pods that I appeared on. Um, and I wasn't quite sure how to answer it based on the fact that they've sort of reiterated a few times in interviews that, you know, the, the, the investment stopped. Like, they, I, they're not going to go out and splash the cash anymore. I think what would happen is it would be like Bowen. He's not gone in the summer. He goes in January. I could see if we're not having a good season, those players going in January. I think we'll be all right in the summer unless we get a ridiculous bid for one or two of them. Then fair enough. But I think we'll be all right in keeping players. 
Yeah, I think it's it's more. I think the players in a situation like KLP and uh, Malik Wilkes, clubs won't just come in and and, and buy them off us because they've had a good season. They want to see progression. They want to see a player get better. Like like what they did with Bowen. We held on for Bowen for I would imagine at least at least a season and a half longer than I expected us to hold on yeah. for Bowen. And I think it's because you know scouts are what will be watching them hundred percent. And they'll be reporting back to these teams saying, you know, yeah, he's, he's clearly got potential. He's still only young, but he's very inconsistent. He needs to improve this part of his game. So I think we'll have them both for at least another year because I think they'll want to see if they can carry this form over into the championship because you don't want to spend yeah. a few million on a young prospect that, you know, couldn't cut it in this league. So they'll want to see um, that progression. So I can see us holding on to them too. Honeyman, I think, is a different prospect because he's not as young. I think if he produces the same kind of set-piece mastery that he has this season, that is a very, very valuable commodity to have in your team. And I think a few teams that could probably offer him a higher wage that, that would need the extra goals would probably be tempted to go in for him when they got the chance to. But other than that, I can't really see us losing anybody. Contract-wise, I'd definitely keep Guinness. I'd keep Alfie oh, God, Jones. Yeah. Um, I can't remember with you. What are the other expiring ones? You know, Max Clark. I'm not sure. Um, I think George Long's contract's up in summer, actually. They were signing him on a three year deal and he was, he was back up on the first year. And then, well, if, it, we had him if, last it's, season, if it's year. up in the summer, sorry, George, I wouldn't renew. Yeah, I'd have to double check. I should have checked the list before this, to be fair. I just forgot about expiring contracts. I'd definitely give Big Josh another go. Oh, yeah. Uh, Regan Slitters. Regan Slater, I'd, I'd set back. I think he's proven how good he can be. I would, but I don't think I don't think Sheffield United will want to lose him. Nah, not with him getting relegated and probably losing unless, a few of the better yeah, players. Unless he sides. asks for it, he's staying there, I think. I mean, he'll probably... It depends if he wants to play. I mean, if Sheffield United say, yeah, we'll renew your contract, but we can't guarantee you a starter. Where if he says to us, all right, what are you offering me? McCann says, well, similar to what you've had this season, you know. Um, you've proven that you're good enough to start, so it'll be a, more of a take your chance if you've got it and you'll be in the side kind of thing. It, it just probably depends on what he wants from his career. I always think the same about young players, you know, you've got to think about your career as a whole and, and get as much experience as you can. I mean, look at Greg Doherty. I think, he's, is he only 23, 24? He's played like nearly 200 games. Yeah, I think You've got so. to get that exposure. You've, you've got to get yourself playing regularly and get that experience of, you know, you can get 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 yourself into the, the best possible position to get that bigger move. Harry Maguire, I think, was a similar thing. One of at Sheffield United, he played um, nearly two hundred league games when we signed him, and he was only young. Yeah, I think that's what Bruce was saying. You know, he's he's an experienced league player, and he was in his early twenties. But yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure we'll make the right decision. We'll have a bit more mm, expendable income as a Championship side in summer than than we would have done this summer. But other than that, is there anything else you want to add? Um, not that I can think of other than um, since the last time we won a league title was 1966. Now, now England's turn. Yeah, it's the good the good omens are there for the national side this summer. Phil Foden's going to lead us to it, mate. Actually, there's something just slightly off topic I want to really quickly bring up. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll probably have to cut this. I just want to bring it up anyway to you. I've just seen that Turkey yeah. has been added to the red list for travel in the UK. All right. Literally a day after an all-English Champions League final has been sorted for there. <laughs> oh, dear. And the, I saw on Twitter earlier, loads of people going, oh, no, um, play at Wembley. The Championship play a final that day. <laughs> Which is technically right, a yeah. more expensive game than the Champions League final. Yes. Also, oh, well. Newcastle are now winning 4-1 against Leicester. Jesus. Go on, Brucey. Anyway, um, get back so to I, that, I, I don't have anything else. Yeah, that's fine. So, obviously, we we, we do always ask. Um, uh, we probably don't get as much interaction as we would hope. So, if you do want to get involved, do do so. Stop ignoring us, you bastards. From at <laughs> Nathaniel Witter, um, he asked, uh, signing of the season... Now I'm not gonna I'm gonna answer these, but I'm gonna answer them very briefly. And it's because we've got an upcoming episode, which I think is gonna be a very good idea and should go down well with quite a few of you, where we'll go into these kind of questions in a lot more detail. So um signing the season for me, Docky. That's what you're getting from me. And then most entertaining game of the season. It's a tough one actually. 
Um, he is. He really is. I'd have to go back and have a show have a look. Yeah, I think Properly. I would probably say the Lincoln got, game purely I've just got, for the emotion of it. Yeah, I've got a couple of games that I'd suggest, but I might, I'm might i going to have to think about it properly. Um, yeah, off the top of my I think I'd say Lincoln. One, yeah, the first one that actually came to my head, though, was uh, the crew win when we scored in the last minute. Um, yeah. yeah, I was going to say that. Because um, that was actually just, actually was a really good game of football. If you take out it being City, the actual football itself was fantastic in that match from both sides. Yeah, it was a very, very good game. Similar to the Wigan one, really. You know, it was good football on show. Mm. Um, but that's as far as I'm going to say as well. Yeah, yeah. So, um, just yeah, keep your eyes peeled because um, we've got we've got some big plan coming up. So, just hashing out the, um, the final details for it, and then hopefully we can we can make some sort of an announcement for um, some sort of finalised plan at some point. So, Joel wasn't with us on this one. Uh, unfortunately, he's gone back to the shadows. So, cheers for joining me again, Will. So, um, as per usual, if you do want any questions answering or you want a shout out or a specific topic or an episode idea, anything like that, do get in touch with us. Um, obviously, at pull underscore and underscore back. Our personal tags are on there if you want to just DM one of us individually. It's up to you. I think um, we can probably offer the chance to come on the pod quite more often next season. Um, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm, I'm toying with the idea of some match day stuff as well. So, you know, we might be able to meet up with you at some point on the day, do a video, stick it on a YouTube channel or something like that. We're, you know, it's I've, teething problems. I've, got a, problems. I've got a couple of ideas of people I'd like to see on the pod. Yeah. That's so, nice. you know, if you, if, you, uh, if you do want to be on the episode at some point, do give us a shout. We'll try and sort it out for you. Uh, we have got a couple of people in the pipeline. It's just, you know, trying to fit people on when and if, uh, when it's the right time, really. But other than that, I don't think there's really anything else that I can add. The usuals. Cheers to FIFA Factory and FanHub for the content partner and podcast sponsoring. But we are champions and we're going to finish the season as that irrelevant of what happens on Sunday. Hopefully we're record breakers too. I think we deserve it. Kudos to Grant McCann for a very, very good season. And hopefully it leads to a successful year next year. So that's everything from me. If that's everything from you, Will. It's everything from me. Awesome. Cheers for listening, guys. Thank you. I paid my dues Time after time I've done my sentence But committed no crime And bad mistakes I've made a few I've had my chance
paydays are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.